Good morning. So, when we started uh, this class, we made mention that I haven't done this before, y'all haven't done this before, and I get to teach, <laughs> which means I get to actually do a whole lot of let God mess with me and work with me. So, as I'm thinking about the wise woman and her building her house, that's what I'm going to be talking about, right? Um, really made me go, well, why are we here? We're here because we think our marriages can be better. We want our marriages to be better. We want more. And it made me go, well, Everything I've heard about why marriage is hard really just isn't satisfying. Well, because God rigged it that way so we could depend on him. Honestly, that drives me a little batty because it's just not enough information. I kind of thrive on information and that just seems like it doesn't fit with God's heart of goodness and love. So God took me back this week to the beginning. See, there was a place where there was a marriage, the first marriage, that actually was partnership, co-laboring, doing everything together in complete and utter delight. And they hung out with God in the cool of the afternoon. I'm talking about the Garden of Eden. See, sometimes we can read that passage and, and, and go, okay, God made man and then he made woman because it wasn't good for man to be alone. And then they fell. Well, actually, we don't know how long they were there. There was a lot of time there. They hung. That was what marriage was supposed to be. We are in the presence of God in intimacy with our husbands. And then what happened? Eve was not reviewing her God attribute sheets. She went, God's not worthy to be trusted. Doubt entered in where trust was. Okay, you know, this is just kind of convicting because then rebellion happens. And she goes, well, I'm just going to do what I want. Independence replaces dependence just gets kind of uncomfortable there under the skin because, you know, I, I've lived that. I've, I've been just like Eve. But there was a result of what they did. And that result was in God's goodness because if we review our God attribute sheets, we know God is holy. What that means is he can't be in the midst of something that's not good, sin. So he has to usher them out. And there's another result of that. I'm going to focus on one part of this Genesis 3.16 thing, um, which is the result of these choices to be independent instead of dependent on God, to be doubting God's goodness instead of trusting him. And instead of being obedient, there was rebellion. So the result of that was God said to the woman, your desire 
will be for your husband, but he will rule over you. I like to paraphrase a little bit. What that really means, right? She wants to eat him up and spit him out. And he, because they are no longer in understanding companionship and partnership, he has to then exert control and all the problems in marriage happen. That's the result of replacing trust with doubt, obedience with rebellion, dependence on God with independence, a self-life. That sucks. This talk is actually hopeful, but that really doesn't sound, I know, it just doesn't. It's like, well, what do we do with that? Okay, so then we get, well, okay, I'm gonna give you one more visual and then we'll get to the hope. <laughs> a little bit later, a couple verses later, we actually get this visual and I'm gonna elaborate on it just a little bit so it's emblazoned in your imagination. Sin is crouching at the door and its desire is for you. Sin is crouching at the door. This visual, this is in Genesis 4-7. Um, it's the only time, this, there's three times, okay, really this is, this is the only times, these two times that desire is used in this way, in the original language. So we get this picture of something crouching at the door. Okay, how many of us wash our hands and clean our cabinets because COVID is outside our doors? How many of us put on a mask because COVID is right there? You gotta be on guard against a virus that is highly contagious and you don't see it. Well, that's sin too. That's my rebellion. That's my doubt of God. It's right there, unless I am on guard. Again, let's go back to remember who God is and his faithfulness every day. Because I don't know about y'all, but I am super forgetful. And that's what happened. They forgot God's goodness. And what God intended in harmony, in marriage, was utterly devastated. So, God in his goodness makes a provision, not only for us personally to have intimacy with him, but for our marriages to be a restored slice of heaven. See, this sin crouching at the door, has anybody ever done any looking into wild animals? Have you ever know who hunts on the African savanna? It's not a lion. Do you know who hunts? Uh, okay, okay. The, the, the lioness. The lioness is the huntress. The lioness is the one who takes down the weak. The lioness is the one who picks them off and takes them down. Have any of you ever felt like me? like a lioness ready in my anger and my frustration to jump, 
So when my husband comes home, is he coming in to an angry, hungry lioness's den? Can you just imagine the vulnerability of that man to come in to a lion's den? That's what my sin does. That's what the foolish woman does, taking down her prey. Oh no, this isn't my prey, this is my partner. This is my spouse. This is who I'm building life. What am I doing? God, is there a better way? Proverbs 14.1 says, the wise woman builds her house, but the foolish tears it down with her own hands. How do we do this, God? Wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. How are those all related? Those actually started spinning in my brain a lot this week because I'm like, wisdom, knowledge, understanding, what is that? Okay, so I just kind of, let's focus just on the wisdom. Proverbs 127, one, says, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Okay, so the Lord has to build the house, but the wise woman builds the house with her own hands. Where, where do we get the wisdom in here? Okay, this is the hope part. This is what is so cool. One more verse. 1 Corinthians 1, 30. God has united you with Christ. That's when we say yes to Jesus. God has united us with Christ for our benefit. God made Christ to be wisdom itself. Cool, that means if I'm united with Christ, I'm united with wisdom. I can build my house because, oh yeah, do y'all remember the rec room? Where we, in, in the My Heart Christ home, God invites us to come and he will build through us. The wise woman builds her house fully yielded to God because he is the one who does the building because we put him in his rightful place so that his reign and rule, we can say who's on the throne. I love alliteration, right? Reign and rule. Who's reigning and ruling in my heart? The God of the universe or me? May God's reign and rule build my house. It is through my united being with Christ. And God made us united with him. He gave us that because, not because he wanted things to be hard, but because he wants intimacy. And everything in God is about bringing about good for us that he may be glorified. He is glorified and we are brought to good places. Even when the journey is long and it's painful, God's goodness is there in every moment. So how do we really do that? How do we remember so that we're not devouring our husbands like a lioness waiting, right? If we are building the home united as one with Christ through faith, 
then that means that we, we are transformed. And instead of a lioness's den, we usher our husbands into restored paradise. <laughs> restored paradise where we reflect the very characteristics as a woman united with Christ. We bring his love, his healing, his hope, his compassion, because we're united with him. Restored paradise in this place. That is all dependent. Lioness or restored paradise. It's where my heart is. Whose reign and rule am I kneeling to? Who am I yielded to? Me? Lioness. Or God himself so that his goodness goes forth and we usher our husbands into a place of rest and beauty and healing where they get to be fully strengthened to be all that they are meant to be because we are keeping our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Okay. Ah, super easy, right? Yeah, no. Remember, I'm forgetful. Every piece of jewelry I wear is about remembering. As I remember, I meditate on God's goodness. I remember what he has called me to be. My wedding ring is actually a passage from the book of Ruth. And my husband and I prayed over this as we chose this as for our wedding ring 24 years ago. Um, that as he follows God, I follow him following God. Because this says, where you go, I will go. I entrust my husband to God and I trust God for all the rest. But I have to be obedient, not rebellious. I have to be trusting God, not full of doubt. I have to be dependent in all things, not independent. To remember these things, it is super helpful to go over the attribute sheets or whatever that works for you. In mine, I actually made a list and I added to it because I just go over the list, right? And then I go back and delve more, right, as I am led. I wanna make sure that God's reign and rule is in my heart, who is on the throne. And then the discipline and the compassion of pouring that into my husband in purposeful ways, not waiting for it to feel like it, but doing it out of a beautiful offering. And then the rest comes. Now, one of the cool things that we're gonna look at today is in your packets, and it's this cool little sheet. Those of you online, you will see it on your online Supplies, resources, resources, that's our word. And you may print it out. So this is really helpful. A number of years ago, a gentleman in The Navigators developed this. And, and really, time with God is critical in remembering who he is <laughs> and that intimacy and being able to usher our husbands into restored paradise. And that starts in our hearts. And that has to start in our hearts. Um, so this, do you have seven minutes for God? 
kind of makes me think, got milk? Got time? Seven minutes. How hard is that, right? It's going to stretch. This is just a, really just a model, but the model is easy to remember. But the seven minutes ends with this thing called acts, but it begins with just kind of shedding all of the rattle and hum, all of the swirliness in my brain and quieting it and going, God, just quiet my heart and my soul. Let me come to you. That first 30 seconds is just coming to him. And then after we come to him and go, I'm going to put my attention on you, we go to his word. And we spend time looking at the truth of who God is in the truth of who he says he is in his revealed word. Not gossip or hearsay. Not secondhand knowledge, not commentaries or devotionals, but the very word of God. Sometimes devotionals are really helpful, so I'm not negating that. But the word of God is a mine full of jewels, full of that which will never burn away. So we go to where, and, and if y'all want a way to get into the word and certain reading uh, plans or whatever, Candy or myself or Gail, I mean, just contact us, grab us, we'll be help. I can't talk. We will be happy to make sure you have something that works for you at this time. But after we're in the word, where God has spoken, we just talk to God in prayer. And this is a beautiful form like an outline based on the Lord's Prayer, but it's an anacronym to help you remember acts, adoration. Adoration is basically affectionate devotion, saying, I love you. I love you, God. I love that you are good and that you love me. I am so glad. I adore you for who you are. Which leads us into, oh, you're God and I'm not. And I so get that I am not. And in the space of the not, I am sorry. And I confess the ways that I got angry or I got upset or I didn't let him control me, or I tried to get my reign and rule. In the, and I have to go, oh, I have to tear down that independence to be dependent. God, I'm so sorry. And Thanksgiving, that it doesn't matter my merit or what I do. God, thank you that your love never changes and that you have chosen me and whatever else and everything else that God leads you to thank him for. Because then our hearts become soft and beautiful, a restored living heart, a breath of the fragrance of the flowers of Eden 
And then, in this change that comes, then when we ask supplication, very fancy educated word for asking for what we want or need. Our hearts are transformed through adoration, confession, and thanksgiving so that when we give our prayers before God, they are clean and holy and beautiful and God-led. This is a great place to start if you don't know where to start for your time with God so that we remember that God is on the throne. I am not, even though I try to be. And out of that place, I choose trust, not doubt. Dependence, not independence. Obedience and not rebellion. Thank you. I just wanted to add two little thoughts. Years ago, I was in church and a bunch of high school kids, junior high kids, had come back from snow camp. And those that wanted to came up and mentioned what happened to them in snow camp the previous weekend. And this one little girl got up whose face hardly came over the lectern. She was so little. And she chirped in this one comment, which I have never forgotten. She said, I discovered that God is so God and I am so not. I have never forgotten that. You know, um, it's, it's very helpful and I hope everyone here is going to come to such a place that we are so unimpressed with how we do life on our own or have done life on our own. And this does not mean that you are not a wonderfully capable gal because I can see every single girl here and I'm sure the ones that are out there uh, are very capable gals, bright, intelligent, and it's not about that. It's about anchoring myself to the God of the universe with all that incredible love and wisdom who wants to invade my life and show me how to live a life that will, by the way, be extremely different than the life I was living on my own. And it will be incredibly good. It will be the hardest thing you ever did at first, letting go of me being on that throne. It will be hard at first, but you will get over it really quickly as you become, it's almost addictive how much you are going to want everything to be God's way, which is higher, bigger, incredibly different than how you would do it yourself. Oh, and by the way, with regard to your husbands, your husbands right this minute may not be that perfect. And one of the reasons, barring addictions, okay, that can kind of be its own problem. 
One of the reasons that we are just not able to see yet is that we don't know the 10 steps yet that God's calling us to practice. And they're all things that our husbands need desperately. And hardly any man ever gets to experience it. It's what God has made men to need. And it's the last thing in the world with our worldview that we ever want to give to our husbands. And so therefore they're limping. And as I take my nails and imagine them being Shanghai Sally nails, you know, those big long ones, I have been bludgeoning my husband's back unknowingly by just living out life the way I, me being on the throne thought it should be. It was incredibly humiliating when I learned the 10 steps because I didn't do them. And so I expect you to feel challenged, but also I'm gonna remind you again that you have no idea who your husband is and who he can become as we learn to be who God calls us to be as a wife.